0: Family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats. And I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of
1: the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm super excited to be here with you today and share a little bit about this book that totally rocked my world in the past six months. And one piece of that, that i would love you to take and run with in the next few weeks if it calls to you and yeah i'm just really excited so the book is called 10x is easier than 2x it's by dan sullivan and dr benjamin hardy and it's 100 made for entrepreneurs it's about how to achieve more by doing less this exercise that i'm going to tell you today though is for anybody you could put this to any part of your life, and the obstacle that it responds to is really universal in terms of what it talks to. In fact, I have prescribed this chapter to many a people since I read the book, just whether they're entrepreneurs or not, just to go listen to this piece, which I feel like is just a really important part, actually, of planning and understanding what we want next. So I'm super excited to share this with you. So first of all, there's a lot of great things about this book, so many good ideas, and it's definitely written in somewhat of a masculine model. And some of the stories that are shared are not the most appealing slash I don't know, appropriate for women stories that I've ever heard. (laughs) Like there's not a lot of that highlighted. It's a lot of men doing some bro stuff. But again, the concepts are really, really universal. And the opening story is about Michelangelo and how He focused on a craft, on understanding the human body, and stayed really targeted on that and how that grew. And from his focus, really shifted what he was able to achieve in his lifetime. And as a fellow creative, I really love that piece of the whole thing. I love that part of the story that really helped it resonate with me. So, The idea that 10x goals are easier than 2x goals comes from this idea that They create less competition, basically, for your intention, because in order to 10 times anything, you need to go deep on a few things rather than broad on many. And I find that a lot of our clients come to us because they've gone very broad, and it's really hard to choose where to focus at this point. And part of that is just these lives that we live as women because we have so many roles that part of it is we have to go broad to be mothers and wives and workers and entrepreneurs and money makers and homemakers and all the different you know community members i feel like we wear a lot of hats and so that's one of the reasons we go broad and i've also seen how especially the exercise i'm going to share with you can really shift things so the concept that I mean there were so many concepts that I really resonated with but the one I'm going to share with you today and I think they actually wrote a whole separate book just on this concept but the way that it was advised to implement in the book is an exercise that I took to heart and has served me so well in the past few months that I just I need you to have it too so the idea is the difference between the gap and the gain. And in all of our programs and around here, I talk a lot about mindset and the feeling or thought that we start to plan from. And one of the first steps of planning is finding the energy from which you need to plan from, which a lot of times I find is calm for me. Like, how can I get calm and out of overwhelm so that I can make choices that will really serve my future self? And the gap in the gain concept kind of took this to the next level for me. So one of the things that shared is that having a problematic past does not support having a bigger future. When I read that, I was like, What? what do you mean? (laughs) And I just kept thinking of all the times that I'm like, well, it was this way. So now it's this way. And it was this way. And it's that way. So I was like, great. Okay, how do I get out of that? And essentially, so much of what I've been up to, I feel like for the past 14 years, has been around really clearing up and healing any You know, bumps that I felt I had in my past. And I can see how that has directly implemented what's happened actually, even over the last 14 years. And I'll share more about that in a second. And the idea is that when we're Living from the gap, or I would say making choices from the gap, we're measuring against an ideal, an impossible ideal usually, and this is when the word should comes in a lot. I should do this. I should do that, right? Because we think that we need to be this ideal, and we don't know any better, and we're really in this case are devaluing where we are, right? Right? And when you're in the gap, you're also devaluing your past, right? So if you devalue where you are, you're also devaluing your past. You are not where you quote unquote should be. And that makes it really hard to dream about a brighter future, right? Because why would you be able to if you haven't been able to get there yet? Often also the gap is about other people, Right. And measuring. So, if you're not measuring against your own ideals, sometimes you're measuring around the ideals of all those around you. And that's so easy in today's world. Like, literally, we're served up other people's ideals every second if we open our phone. Right. And we're measuring ourselves like of where we think we should be against where they are, which isn't even our timeline. It isn't even our story. And the other thing about ideals, whether they're ours or somebody else's, is they're just not stable. They're not a stable thing to measure against. So one of the things that they say in this book is that ideals are sometimes fine, like they're great as desire, as motivation, right? We all can have ideals. One of the first things we do actually in our program is almost create an ideal of what it's like five or 10 years out, what it's like if we don't have any of our current obstacles in the way, then what would be life like? and that's an ideal. But we can't measure against it because it's not stable. The visual that they gave in the book that I really loved was it's kind of like the horizon. I mean, anywhere, but they gave the analogy of a desert, right? It's like you always see it ahead of you, but you can't ever get there. It's always still ahead of you. So you keep going and you keep going and you think you're going to get there, but it's always going to be ahead of you. And then you could get mad at yourself for not getting there. But if you think about the example of the horizon, which is a lot like our ideals, like, of course, you can't get there, right? Unless you're in that, what's that movie where they put the guy in the bubble and he actually could get to the horizon, right? That, movie. (laughs) But for most of us, we're not going to get to the horizon, right? And we certainly do get mad at ourselves when we don't get there or feel bad about ourselves. So again, it doesn't mean that ideals aren't useful. They're just not great for feeling like we got ahead. They're better for creating desire within us to move towards something that maybe is a little bit more measurable. So the other thing about the gap is that often the language that comes up about it when you're saying something from the gap, when you're declaring what you want from the gap is, I need this. I need that. I need this, right? And so it's a very graspy energy. Whereas when you're thinking about your future from the gain, it's about wanting something. That's the way I should say that, right? So it's like, I want that. Like you're genuinely want that. So I wanted to talk about this idea of the gain and my understanding of it from this book because it really changed the way that I've been able to see what's next for myself in a moment when I was like, honestly, a little bit foggy and I'm very rarely, I have to say foggy, but once I share what came up in this exercise, you'll see maybe why it was foggy or I will point it out. But basically when you're in the gain, you're only measuring What's next for you or what you want based on where you've been and you're basing it on a relationship to where you've been that you're sort of excited about right you're happy about it's not something that you feel is bad it's like you've been there and now you're going here and you've been there and now you're going here. So the exercise that I would love everybody to do if you can find, you know, a nice moment, maybe go to a coffee shop, bring your notebook. Is this exercise about looking at what your what we're going to call 10x jumps have been. So If you rewrote your past to how all the things led you to right now in a really good way, basically, what would it be like? And I do this exercise actually quite frequently of looking at my thoughts about my past and seeing where there's any sort of negative, like, not great energy. And I don't just change that because I want to go tend to whatever happened. Sometimes I'll go do something really magical, like see a shaman. Other times I'll talk to a coach or a therapist, but I want to clean up those things. And I've been doing this for years. And even though I've been doing this for years and I write, I write morning pages are another great way to do this. And I've been writing those for years, but this exercise, it did something new, which is why I'm so excited to share it with you. So again, what have my 10x jumps been so as you know from my process and just like what i would advise you to do here it's like be messy like go through and do this and then come back and do the clearer version but basically what you want to do is you want to like list out like all the amazing things you've done all the really phases of your life and you're going to name them and you're going to date them and you're going to write out like, well, what happened in that phase? And not only what happened, but what did you let go of to make that happen? So part of these jumps of really focusing on what it is that you want in this beautiful way, it's about narrowing in the focus to the thing that will make the biggest impact, and letting go of a lot of things. And this sounds at first kind of impossible, or at least it did to me. But when I went back to my past, I could see how often I've done it already. And I was like, whoa. And all of a sudden, I saw like all the little purposeful things adding up over time. And I probably literally could have gone back to when I was nine years old. I decided to start when I was in college so I started with college and I made my way forward and I'm going to read that to you what I wrote so that you could see how maybe this could work for you and again this is like I had already done the messy first draft and then this is what I got to and by the way I now read this every morning and it helps me figure out what's next every day it helps me figure out the next thing like it helps me imagine bigger and I'm just so grateful for this process okay so, the first thing I wrote down is becoming a designer. So, that was from 1995 to 1998. And this is when I went to art school and I learned about typography. And I started while I was in art school to really think about time. So keep in mind, I'm doing this exercise in relation to my work right now and figuring out what to do next. And I, you'll see that I weaved in life to it a little bit too at some points, but that's because I lived this life that's sort of like a lifestyle entrepreneur, and I wanted to capture that in this exercise. I could go back and do this around health. I could go back and do this around how I live at home, being a mother, my relationship. I could do this about anything. So I just wanna be clear or you could do it holistically around everything. So I became a designer 1995 to 1998 and I went to art school, I learned typography, I started to contemplate time and I really learned how to visualize complex things in a simplified way. So in order to do that, I had to let go of the fact that I was already in another college, a really good one, though I hated it. So I left a really great college, Georgetown University, in the middle of my sophomore year so I could go pursue this other thing. So for me, that was a big let go because I had to this point done everything by the book. So I was letting go of standard schooling, I was letting go of needing to be right. And I was letting go of doing things like I thought they were supposed to be done. I had a whole visual of like what I thought a person was supposed to do. And this was the first moment that I started letting go of those things. All right, the next phase is I learned the business of design from 1998 to 2002. So during this time, I worked for a small design firm and I got to see what it was like to run a small business in action. I also then moved on to a big firm and saw that in action. And in this three-year period, I then started my own firm. So I wasn't an employee for very long in my life. This is true. And during this time, I had to let go of my fear of new things. I was a person who liked to stick to things. I had started that letting go process when I switched college, but this felt faster to me. I let go of a fear of moving on, and I let go of putting others' needs before my own. Now, this unfolded more deeply over the years, but that was the first glimpse I got of that. The next phase was Looking at work-life balance, this was 2003 to 2009. I have three kids, and they were born in 2003, 2006, and 2009. So during this phase, I was navigating having my design firm and having three kids while having it. And also during this time, or toward the end of this time, is when I really learned how to take great care of myself. And I guess before that, I was learning to be a mother and allowing others to help me at work. And I started getting a glimpse of working too much when I also took on a job being a professor at an art school. So that I put in there because it tipped my work-life balance and that contrast was really important, but also it'll come up in one of my later phases. So in this phase of life, I really let go of being small, I let go of not trusting anybody but myself with my kids and with my work. I let go of a fear of having my own office. And I also, during this time, let go of the idea that we needed to work five days a week from nine to five. And during this time, I ran a very successful business in four part-time days or four days where like I left by three. So that was pretty cool to figure out at that point in my life. Okay. The next phase was from 2010 to 2014. And this phase was a little bit more personal. I still had my design business, but this was that food makes a difference. Simplicity matters. And there's a world of people who think like me this was a big four years. During this four years, I changed my food. I dove into how to feed my kids. I started a blog. I started learning all about everything I could. Like, I don't think I had really learned in college. I mean, I learned design in college, but I just like learning came to a whole new level for me. And I took classes about blogging and entrepreneurship and parenting. And I studied where my kids went to school, which was a Waldorf school and simplicity parenting and all things about food. And I really got opened up to like a whole other world that I just had no idea existed. So during that phase, I really let go of doing it alone. I let go of food that didn't serve me. I let go of needing to do things and things that I thought needed to be done. I really let go of weekends and unnecessary time being filled with unnecessary things. And I let go of the way I thought it would be because it was very different during this phase. During this time, let go of working in an office, which this was very pre-pandemic. And for me, this was a huge deal because I felt like, I just felt like I was giving up and I didn't look professional. So I let go of all those things. And oh my gosh, that was a big time (laughs) and an amazing time. So the next thing was from 2014 to 2018, I feel like that was my phase where I became a writer and a teacher. And it was also a time of lots of experimentation. I started a magazine, I wrote "Plan Simple Meals the book. I also started making meal plans to see if that would help our audience. I just tried all sorts of things. And it really had me stepping into this new role. And I had to let go of literally the reason that I landed at art school was I had a whole story about how I'm a picture person, not a words person. (laughs) So I let go of all these stories I had about writing. I let go of a lot of clients because as I stepped into this, I was stepping away from my design business. And I stepped away from only doing hourly billable work, which had never been like, I didn't even understand how that worked quite yet. But I was stepping away from it between 2014 and 2018. Then between 2018 and 2021, I became a coach and the next level of mom and wife. So during this time, I started off by going to coach training. I already had been coaching, but I don't feel like I had fully stepped into that. As a designer, I would definitely have called myself more of a consultant. And also, I very naturally, I think do what I would call holding space, but I just learned about it at a whole other level and really felt like I could help whoever came our way. That was really me stepping into that. I saw a whole lot of other programs online. I became way more coachable myself. I worked on being proud of being a coach. I started off a little ambivalent about that one. I helped toward the end of this phase. And in the middle of the pandemic, I helped one of my kids who was really struggling. And I would call that my most present phase ever. I've released a kid to college in that time. And also all my kids were teens in that time. So it really that was the part of me being my next level mom. So I really let go again of how I thought it was supposed to be. I let go of really being attached, I guess, to my plan, which opened up a whole new layer of what needed to be folded into our planning systems. I let go of a holding on. I wrote down an addiction, but I think I'm going to say a holding on of the past and the future. I really surrendered. And... I really let go of what motherhood looks like. And I stepped into what I really wanted it to be like. And those three years, which felt like 10, were so important. And I just want to point out like some of the things in there. Like, I feel like when I wrote down, like in the 2014 to 2018, when I started a magazine, made meal plans, wrote a book, like there was a time when those stories were like, Mia, why can't you stay on track? Why can't anything be successful? Why isn't this working? But really, when I look at them, I see that that's what enables me to become a teacher. I needed to take those steps to be able to do what I'm doing today. And same with, you know, I wrote down in the when I became a coach part that I saw a lot of other programs. Well, there was a time when I would say I had major shiny object syndrome and I wasn't concentrating and I was literally buying every program under the map. But literally it has informed what I'm doing today at a level that I can't even explain. It's so important. And so this has me really trusting my past, all right? So it's all about collecting all the data from our past and making it mean something and making it be something that you can measure against as you head into your future so that you can really see it okay so the next phase was 2021 and 22 it was just a year a shorter one and I think maybe, like, they get shorter. Like, I probably could have broken some of these out shorter, but because they were in my past, it was easier to lump them all together. But 2021 and 2022, and I didn't see this till after it happened, was really my year of deep rest. I didn't realize how intense 2018 to 2021 were until I had a moment when I could rest. And it was really important that I did that. So in that time, I let go of overdoing, which was something that I mean, the reason that I have, I do what I do and have the system that I have is because I definitely was an overdoer. And the flow planning method has helped me so much with that. But during this phase of rest, I let go at like a whole other level. And I really saw the creativity that happens through real deep rest. And so here we are. And this enabled me to write down the phase of 2023 to 2025. So we're already a year into this one. And this is when I really step into being the CEO of a productivity company. And it's really exciting because in a few weeks, we're going to launch the new flow planner. Oh my gosh, you all It is so amazing. Make sure that you're on our list somehow because we're going to offer something really special when it comes out to those who get our emails. I'll probably announce it here too, but email will be where it's at. And I've had to let go of a lot to be able to focus on that. There's so much going on, so much that I've had my hands on. A big part of this piece for me was letting go of me needing my hands on everything and letting amazing team members step in and do what they do best so that I can do what I do best. And oh my gosh, it has been a learning curve. I feel like I'm a control freak, (laughs) but that's okay. So it's the flow planner. It's a course we're creating. It's the next book. It's all part of how we can do this. But in order for me to create the space to do this, I need to step into this role so I can delegate stuff and have my focus. So it's amazing this exercise I highly highly recommend it and I can look at this next phase and I can come at it with so much more compassion and understanding and excitement because I truly can see and it's funny I've said this for years I've said for years that I really believe that everything happened for a reason And I guess at some level I always had, (laughs) but to be honest, it wasn't until I did this exercise six months ago that I like really believed and really saw and can recall on a daily basis how much everything happened for a reason, because all of those things map exactly to what I'm doing today. And I can see how that can compound. It's also really helpful for me to see what I had to let go of in each phase and, how heroic that has been each step. And so I want you to do this exercise so that you can see the same for you. And if you're feeling at all like overwhelmed or frazzled or like pulled thin, I think this will really help you to see how everything genuinely has led you to right now and what could be next and what you both need to focus on and let go of for that to happen. So I hope this was helpful. I think that this is, and I hope I'm not saying this wrong, but if I am, I'll correct it in the show notes, but I think it's chapter five in the book. So if you know if you have extra audible credits or something, you could go to the book and you could also listen to chapter five and I'm sure that they explain it more eloquently than I am. But now you know my example. You can hear it explained again by Benjamin Hardy And then you can go do it. But I really, really, really encourage everyone to go do it. And again, I think the way to do anything like this is create a ritual around it, whether it's like you wake up early and you sit quietly with your tea and you light a candle at a table where no one's bugging you, or if people are always bugging you in your house, go to a coffee shop, have a delicious, I don't know, latte with almond milk, and do this exercise for yourself and let yourself see how far you've come so that you can really create a measurable goal that you can get to because it's based on a past which you're kind of in love with. All right, y'all, I'll see you on the next episode. We have an amazing
0: guest interview coming up in just two days. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, Share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart, and have a great day.